0: Hello and welcome to the Luke Miller podcast. I am glad that you are able to join me today as we've been continuing and going through a series uh, looking at at the trials in life and defining those trials, looking at how we deal with hardships. And we started off in Hebrews chapter 12 and slowly moved our way over to James and over the last couple of weeks we've been camping out in James chapter 1. And we haven't really made it past the first five verses. Uh, and if you're hoping for a few more verses today, uh, I have got bad news for you as we are going to be spending some more time uh, taking a look at James chapter one verses two and five. A- and I say this because uh, we've looked a lot at at the reasons uh, and and of trials and what trials are, but we haven't spent a lot of time still saying, you know, what do I do about it? Uh, and, and often we find ourselves asking the question when we're going through difficult times, and especially if we're going through extremely difficult times, is saying something along the lines of, why does God hate me? Why does God not like me? Uh, and, and really the question is, and should be, where do I go from here? Over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how much trials are really about refining each and every one of us in a unique way. And although we may not like it, there is something very special in knowing that God has personally designed a way in which we can grow. If you've ever been a part of a sports team or or a track team, specifically, uh, you'll know that that when it comes to different races, different lengths of races. Uh, different styles of of races, whether it is relay races, whether it is long distance, medium distance, or short distance, you have to train differently, and and often trainers will give a very personalized training regimen depending on what you specifically are doing, uh, and that's really what God is doing for us as we take a look at at the trials in life, and He is refining us specifically. The trial you may be going through is different than one that another person is going through, and that is very purposeful. Something also that's interesting to point out is that even if you and another person are going through the exact same trial, God can be using it to teach you two different things. God is very specific in in the sense that he wants us to grow as individuals, and, and be the best that, that we can be, and be the best Christ follower, and have the largest impact in our community. And and with that said, we need to be willing to, to realize that when we go through hardships, it's probably tailored to something very specific that we need refined in our life. We can say that I know in my mind, in my heart, God loves me more than I can possibly imagine. I can say that he... He sent his son to die in, in the most horrible way to set me free. Um, yes, I, I have much pain and many trials to overcome and to learn from. It is a tough one for me to, to acknowledge. I can acknowledge many truths about who God is and what he's done for me. But when it directly affects us, we sometimes have a problem in actually dealing with it. Obviously, God knows that I need to change something. You know, but the question is what, and even more so when I find out, what do I do from there? And and really asking, how do we refine ourselves and start taking those action steps? If you've got your Bibles uh, this morning and you're listening to this, uh, we're in James chapter one, verses two through five, which we've gone over for the last three weeks, but it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously with all to all without finding fault and it'll be given to you. So that's where we've been kind of camping out. And, and over the last couple of weeks, we've seen, again, trials are designed to teach us so that our conduct and our character changes. And this statement captures really our focus for today, which is God works his good through our trials when we pray and when we remain. Uh, and, and there are some truths that we sometimes need to realize in the world. One, because we live in a fallen world, bad things happen to all of us. Often there's that misconception, of course, that once I become a Christ follower, it's going to be sunshine and lollipops and no problems. But the, the reality is, is since the fall in Genesis, uh, we've all lived in a fallen world and bad things will happen to all of us. Secondly, we have no control over many things that happen to us or to those around us. And thirdly, we do not um, have complete control over how we respond at times. Our response to our trials largely determines our spiritual growth, and that's really what we've been trying to build on. So let's take a look at the what, the why, and the how of everything that happens when we go through struggles. So the what. Uh, And and in verse 2, we see that what we're supposed to do is consider it joy. We see this in verse two, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Sooner or later, probably sooner, we're all going to face trials of various sorts. Uh, the word face has the idea of falling or stumbling over a problem. Uh, one of the paraphrases of, of this passage I've, I've read is, when all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your lives, my brothers, don't resend Uh, them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Meaning, when you see trouble coming in your life, you need to be willing to respond and welcome it because, again, it is God, uh, God refining you and starting that refining process. The thought occurs that counting all joy or counting it all joy when troubles come is not a natural response, is it? No one's really looking naturally as when trials come to their lives and say, hooray, I was hoping this was going to happen today. But I think that's the whole point of what's going on in James. He's talking about a supernatural reaction that can only be made possible by the Holy Spirit, who enables us to see and to respond to God's point of view. This isn't just Luke responding to it. This is the Holy Spirit prompting me to respond. And I think it's very important to, to note the Holy Spirit's role in in our lives, and especially uh, as we look at hardships and trials. So again, um, this enables me to see and to respond to God's point of view. Counting it all joy is a conscious choice uh, we make when hard times come. No doubt our main problem comes because we misunderstand the word joy, (laughs) And, and we often do. The working definition is joy is deep satisfaction that comes from knowing God is in control even when my circumstances seem out of control. Let me say that again. Joy is deep satisfaction that comes from knowing that God is in control even when my circumstances seem to be out of control. Right? And, and so if we think of count it all joy... Uh, And we take a look at this, um, then then it allows us to realize that when hardships come, there is still an aspect of control that is happening. But to see that control and have that control, there has to be that reliance on God. Right? Uh, And and so we look at what we're supposed to do, which is consider it all joy. um, And we know why. What we're, what we're doing is to concentrate on the benefits that come out of it. In fact, in verse 3 and 4, we see, because you know that testing of your faith develops perseverance, per- perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Do you see the word because in there? In that phrase, so that? These two verses tell us why we need to consider it joy. It's because the two results are perseverance and maturity, and, and that helps us see there, there's a purpose behind our problems, but we're going to have to make the choice to concentrate on the benefits and not drift towards bitterness, which is something that we often do. God works his good through our trials. When we pray and when we remain in him, when we welcome that refining process. When trials come, there's something, there's something we can't know, and there's something we can know. We can't always know why things happen the way they do. No matter how hard we try and figure things out, there will still be many mysteries in life. One of the things I always, uh, one phrase, and every parent who's listened to this knows, uh, and it's interesting as a parent reflecting on how I used to respond to it as a kid, But when my parents would say something and I wanted to know the reason why something was happening and I would ask why and they said, because I said so. And I said, but why? Because I said so. And they said, and again, I would push and say, why? I I need to know. And they say, you don't need to know. And the reason is, it's because we're your mom and your dad and we say so. And as a kid, that drove me nuts. And now, as a parent, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of one of my favorite phrases, because <laughs> because it's uh, there's kind of a, a reality in that is is sometimes we need to know, and and our kids don't need to know a uh, reason for something, um, and and we can't always know why things happen, even when we go trials through trials. Sometimes trials seem to be never ending, and I can honestly tell you, uh, I cannot tell you when uh, the last time um, I I had pain, I mean, I remember that I've gone through pain uh, and I've learned long ago not to ask why or say it's not fair. And God does not explain himself to us, nor does he have to. As we go through life, we can look back and see many blanks that we wish God would fill in for us. But most of the time, we will carry those unfilled blanks with with us all the way to heaven. I kind of... Keep a a mental notebook of kind of all those questions I want to ask when I get up into heaven, uh, and and all those mysteries of of why and and questions that I have for for all sorts of different people. But our natural response is it's not fair. and And again, I'll use an example of of my kids in this because I know they don't listen to this podcast, but but one of my children, his favorite line, and this will be just, I feel like it is his life statement at this point in life, is, it's not fair. And if if his brother goes to bed later than him and he goes to bed earlier because he's younger, then it's not fair. And when he says, well, soon I'll be 10 and, and then I'll be able to stay up at the same time the same age or same same time as my brother and i'm like no because he'll always be older than you so he'll always probably stay up a little bit later than you cuz he's older than you well that's not fair and and everything is not fair however when roles are reversed oh fair any idea of what's fair and what's not fair goes out the window. Everything's fair when the good things happen, right? When you've got the older or the later bedtime, uh, then then everything is fair. But there's some things that we don't know, and we can't just simply say that it is not fair. Uh, and, and when hard times come, we can know that God is at work in our trials for our good and for his glory. Right? Um... And, and so, so as we look at this, too, we can see that um, there's the how as well. The how is connect to God's wisdom. All right. The why is concentrating on the benefits, even of trials. And what we're supposed to do is consider it joy. Why? Because we consider or concentrate on the benefits. And how we do that is to connect to God's wisdom. In fact, there's a reason why, and we're only in the first chapter of this book, as it says in verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, then he should ask, and God will give it generously to all who are without finding fault. It'll be given to you. And as we talked about last week in this, God gives wisdom when we go through tough times. When you're in some sort of affliction and have lost your way, ask God for insight and while his answer is always personal i want uh i want us to really focus on some wise ways in which we can respond um when when god tells us this and and as we get there next week uh and i think i don't want to to dive too far um uh, into it i really wanted us to spend some time and just connect with with this passage of again very clearly knowing the what, the why, and the how uh, of, of hardships in this, then it allows us to really say, how do we walk in wisdom um, as, as we go forward? Remember this, it's it's not simply a matter of hearing. It ultimately comes down to doing. Uh, if we look at the little bit ahead, dare I skip ahead to, to James... Uh, chapter one, verse 22, we read the words, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive ourselves, do what it says. All of this talking must affect our walking. God is God's work or God works his good through our trials when we pray and when we remain in him and we can hear all of the encouragement in the world, but we still have to take action. It's something that I, I, I talk often about, right, is the orthodoxy, understanding who God is and knowing who God is and studying God's word. But the opposite of that, or not the opposite of that, its counterpart is orthopraxy, which is taking the knowledge of what you have and actually using it and growing. And and so that's uh that's something that we need to be able to, to realize. So the question that we have to ask ourselves. Um, today as, as we go through this is, is saying um, what are the trials that I'm going through and asking just that simple question do I consider it joy what I'm going through right the next is what are the benefits that are going to come out of this right how is God teaching you perseverance right now so that you are not lacking anything? How is God teaching you maturity in your faith right now? And and hopefully, as you start to ask those questions, you're able to also see um, some of the areas where God is working and, and working on you. And then, if you are not sure, then then do what verse 5 says is ask God for wisdom on how to grow in perseverance and how to grow in maturity in in your walk with, with him. Because he says, ask for it and he will give it. And if you're going through trials, I can tell you that when you go to God, you're usually going to God pretty earnestly and asking very earnestly in, in a way that is, is one that you really are are wanting to, to know what's going on and you're asking for wisdom, but remember, this is the, the prayer for wisdom in this should be one that is is more focused on God, how are you refining me? Give me wisdom to see how I need uh, to be refined. And, and I, I firmly believe that God will give you that wisdom as you take time and reflect and, and, and ask him. So we're going to stop uh, stop there for this week. I think that's a, a good place to finish. Uh, and And next week I want to look at uh, I don't know, you know eight to ten different ways in which we can walk in wisdom, um, with the hopes that we'll be able to have better traction when we go through trials. So some some real practical stuff, practical stuff as we go forward and 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 really look at our trials as again, calls to action. So, I will finish there for today. I want to thank you for joining me again this week. I'm looking forward to next week as we still find ourselves in James chapter 1, and uh, we might venture past verse 5. Who knows? There's a lot of good stuff here. And and as I said at the beginning of this, is, is we're going to go through this bit by bit because we want to just not glaze over it. We want to to really soak it up and take in as much as we can and and really glean the most from Scripture as possible. So, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Take care, have a great week, and I will be back next week. Take care.